What's up, ladies and gentlemen? The Podfather Nate here from the Journey into Comics podcast, the flagship show of the Journey into Comics network. I just want to make sure you guys know you can tune in every single Monday for a brand new episode of our show, where if it's comic book related, we've got you covered. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. J.I. Saddle Miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight until he brings his last I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to... No more questions about that damn house. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. To yet another episode of Journey into Wrestling, it's Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 21. I am your host, Nate, and today joining me back, once again, a man full of fire and rage today. He will whip your ass, Seabass. Welcome back to the show, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Alex Buckles. As I am usually want to say, I am 100% fueled by rage and sarcasm. I love that, rage and sarcasm. And, well, let's throw some ADHD in there as well. That just gives you, that's like, I feel like ADHD is secretly a superpower and people don't realize it. I actually have a book with that exact title. Are you serious? ADHD is a superpower? I am dead serious. That's funny. You should send me a picture of that shit. Will do. Because here's my thought, man. It's like this. It's like I have ADHD, which allows me to do things like, okay, example, this is really personal in my personal fucking life, but I don't care, man. I'm excited to talk to you. I've missed podcasting with you. I'm kind of on a roll of doing a lot of podcasts, so I feel like I'm more in the pocket than I usually am. And having ADHD, much like me tangenting right there, uh, is like having a lazy Susan in your brain that you can just pick and pull shit when you need to. So, Mm -hmm. for example, I can go and I'd be like, oh, man, I got to vacuum my house. I need to do the fucking dishes. The laundry's got to get done. The bedding on our bed has got to get washed as well. Oh, and I got to change the cat boxes and a bunch of ancillary other bullshit that needs to get handled, like the trash and whatnot. Yep. And I go, oh, that'll only take me two hours because in the middle of doing the dishes, I can have the laundry going and I can stop <laughs> when I have to pause on the dishes so they can dry. I'll go ahead and vacuum in that moment, you know, and I just and you know what keeps me from like being super crazy about it? It's music. Music oh, is absolutely. the key. Absolutely. Keeps you on pace. A good soundtrack, man, and I can get anything mm-hmm. done. I don't give a I fuck. O- I'll work I, myself to death. I always uh, equate and, and 
kind of showing my age just slightly here, but I always equate ADHD to early family guy because yes. I'm the type where I, it, it's not so much the multitasking. I can do multitasking well as long as I have a list made up for myself. I can handle just about anything. For me, the ADHD comes out mostly when I am just thinking linearly, if sure. that's a, a good way to put it, in that I will jump from one to the next to the next to the next to the next, like a family guy gag where he is suddenly out, way out in BFE because something reminded him of whatever. Like, hey, this reminds me of the time that you saw Adolf Hitler riding a unicycle and juggling fish. Hey, Lois, how did we get all the way out here? Yeah. Suddenly, I'm, I'm I'm thinking. Well, that reminds me of of World War II. That reminds me of the band I used to listen to. That reminds me of a concert I went to last year. That reminds me of Chicago. Hey, I was in Chicago last year. I like hot dogs. Now I'm thinking. I went from Adolf Hitler to thinking I like hot dogs. <laughs> oh, to be quite and, frank, that was pretty clever. And I Dude. am going at that speed and that frequency, in that time that it takes you to go. Did he say something about Hitler? See. I think that I've channeled my ADHD down a little bit, too, and again, spoiler alert, pull the curtain back, but, like, I smoke enough weed that, like, it just slows my brain just yeah. enough. That it's not as, it's not, it used to be, like, when I was a kid, man, pff, I would be drawing, my teacher would be like, Nate, pay attention, did you even hear what I said? And I would mm-hmm. rattle off exactly line for line whatever stupid lesson she was trying to teach while I'm drawing and passing a I, note uh... to my friend at the same time, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Love ADHD. My, it's great, man. What's good in your world, dude? Other than that, anything? I am. Uh, well, what's good is I just had a four day weekend, so I am I'm recharged and ready to deep dive wreck into the craziness that is my everyday life. Um, I thought you were going to say professional wrestling. I was like, wow, just jumping into it. Oh well, I mean, by everyday waking life chaos, professional wrestling is a big part of that for me. However, uh, that is true. No, we we, um, we had Friday this past Friday and Monday off, so the third and the sixth. Um, we usually get the day before the day after the fourth off just for federal or for a holiday. And then since we don't take, uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, I almost said Martin Luther King and we're into journey into comics now. Um, <laughs> telling you, man, King the Conqueror. Uh, no, we don't take MLK day off in February, uh, because it's a big volunteer day. A lot of places want to volunteer help that day. Sure. So we don't take that day off. We're required by federal law to take it off later on so we usually take it around fourth of july so in this yeah, case that works that's out. how you i just got move it. it yeah so that's like how the i decimal. got you off. just move the decimal yep so ended up with a four-day weekend which was very 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 well appreciated i uh some, some would say choice oh very much choice it was a it was a chef's kiss of a weekend mm. i did jack shit <laughs> i don't mind telling you i hung out with uh, our friends linder and uh tyler uh friday uh-huh. night played some D D. Miss both then, those dudes. And then uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I literally play, did nothing but watch Lord of the Rings and play Spyro and hang out with my dog. That was my three day, three days of my four-day weekend. Fucking righteous. My point weekend fact, uh, was not as cool. Well, point of fact, when everybody's shooting off their fireworks on the, on the 4th of July, I was uh, watching, I think, uh, Two Towers with my dog asleep on my lap, and I was in bed by like 10.30. <laughs> So that thunder sweater or whatever works, eh? Oh, dude, I, let me let me go up on a soapbox for a quick second. If you have a dog and your dog doesn't like fireworks, or if your dog has any kind of anxiety issues whatsoever, or your cat, they make it for cats too. Really? Thunder shirts are like 40 bucks. It's a little on the pricey side, but oh my God, what a difference. 
Uh, my dog went from being, you know, shaking and like shivering and panting and shit at the sound of the first fucking bottle rocket when it's still light out. It's called Thunder Sweater, though, for real? Thunder Shirt. Thunder Shirt. Sweet. Shirt. Um, it is, she's wearing it right now, actually. It's like a, a the material itself's not really any different. It's kind of like a, like a, um, almost like a sweat tech shirt or a, kind of like that athletic shirt material. Yeah. But it's got uh, Velcro on it, and the idea works like it's uh, swaddling a baby. Like it's about applied pressure, not squeezing your dog like you're going to put them in a fucking headlock, but it's it wraps around the under like their underside and around their chest and, and just the way to give points. them comfort. Yeah, it's just like a constant gentle pressure and my dog went from freaking the fuck out at the first bottle rocket to literally sleeping through all of it. That's awesome. And that's like the best thing I could hear. Yeah. And without getting too much into it and the shit that I can't even explain, my dog's had some medical issues that we're trying to get sorted out. And one of the things I've been trying to figure out is maybe if it's anxiety, uh, anxiety caused, which is what led me to buy the Thunder shirt to begin with. And I think she's worn it at least for an hour or two hours almost every day for the last week. And it's a fucking godsend. So That's awesome. if you have a dog with any kind of anxiety issues or uh, fear issues, anything like that, hyperactivity maybe, try it out it is it stunned me how quickly it worked dude so fucking cool like i said uh, i did not have nearly as good or as a cool of a weekend as you unfortunately i hate to say it holiday weekends tend to do that to people on occasion i mean uh, it started off lovely brando came up we recorded jic we recorded an ogs that's going to come out next week it was a blast, you know? But unfortunately, the fourth, everything took a turn. A really quick, startling turn. Yeah. So, let me set the story up a little bit. We get, I get the information. We're going to pick Ollie up from the grandma's house. So, we got to go there. And then it's, no, we're not going there. We're going to go to this lake house that usually every 4th of July we're at. And it's usually really dope, mm-hmm. right? And as soon as I hear the word lake house, my anxiety goes to fucking 12. Because 2020, yeah. Because it's 2020, and I'm like, all right, coronavirus is a thing. You know what? I'm guessing there probably won't be that many people. I'll bring my mask still, and I'm assuming everyone will be wearing masks. No big deal. (laughs) We pull in, and there is not a spot to park. And I go, this is trouble. And then I look in the backyard, and it's full. Mm-hmm. And not a single person is wearing a mask. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is literally exactly what we're not supposed to be doing, folks. Like, yeah, if there was a PSA, a public service announcement on how to catch the Rona, yep. that would be one of the examples they give. Yep. yep. I mean, they were they were and, and, and it gets worse because and so I'm in the mask. I'm the only one in the mask. I'm angry. I'm like rage mode and I'm already like let's leave now as soon as right. we get there because of this because I'm like this is not being taken seriously why are no one, why is no one taking this seriously we end up staying for three hours and it was not necessarily the best three hours or whatever and maybe I was no, a little I bit imagine you're probably on hair trigger the whole time oh absolutely and I and, and people are giving me looks and stuff and I could give a fuck less like mm-hmm. fuck you look at me I'm not gonna catch the corona you are mm-hmm. before I do you know I mean, I hate to be like that, but that's the do or die fucking mentality I'm having right now. 
So I'm getting looks and whatever, and it was awkward, and that wasn't the best part of it or whatever. But, you know, it ended up, like, everything ends up okay, and everything's fine. We head home, and Ollie wants to go down to the neighbor's house to play some basketball. He's been doing that a lot lately. And I haven't really went down, but I thought, you know, it is a holiday, and it's probably good to be, like, seen in the neighborhood just like not always be holed up in my house doing podcasts and other things like that so we went over there and it was a nice time we were having a great time all these neighbor kids were playing basketball and they were having a blast and they were mr nate can you sir and all this i'm like just call me nate don't please don't ever call me sir that just made me feel gross (laughs) (laughs) seriously stop it i'm not 90 jesus fuck um but, I, but you know, they are like, defend or whatever, and then I would dribble and stuff, and it was fun. It was a good time. And then I was not even going for the ball. I'm literally walking towards the sidewalk, and my shoe breaks, <laughs> and I roll and almost break my fucking foot. I, I think I, I want to point out, you, you told me this over the weekend, and I think I made the comment to you that as soon as you said, oh, man, I had a shitty weekend, my first thought was, Nate fucked his leg up again. <laughs> Before you had said a word, Nate fucked oh. his leg up again. God damn it. <laughs> yep, you knew. You knew right away. I was like, wow, he's he's inquisitive. The 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 shitty part kind of is, too, is that um, back in, like, September or October, I was down visiting my sister, mm-hmm. and I it's the first time I actually suffered the same injury. My sh- same shoe, fucked up. Nike, that's the problem. I love Nike, but for some reason they tried to kill me this time. And my shoe rolled at my sister's house, and my foot got all fucked up and swollen, and it was really bad. Like, it hurt right. so bad. Worse than a twisted ankle. Like, I would rather sprain my ankle, honestly. Yep. So this time it happens, and as soon as it happens, I know that I've re-injured something that's already been hurt. And I know that because of that, it's already worse. Right. And Ollie is still playing, having a good time, and I'm not going to just be like, we have to go home now. I'm fucking hurt and look like an asshole. I just right. literally go... Oh, I'm hurt. I got to go yep. home. Yep. I just hurt my ankle, and I start walking home, and I'm limping so bad. And right. it is the longest, most painful walk. Like, midway through, I know I yelled, like, fuck. And I finally got home and, and had, like, a little breakdown or whatever, and then it finally has gotten to a point now where it doesn't hurt so bad, but it looks awful. <laughs> it's purple and all kinds of gnarly colors, and there's, like, lines in certain spots where I've definitely put all of my human weight pressure Ooh. into my Ooh. foot the wrong Ooh. way. Um, but, yeah, so that happened. And then, um, long story short, today my cat had kittens. I mean, that's still that's a good thing. Yeah. Or, it's, it's, I it's, mean, it's, a, it's not inherently a bad thing, let's say. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's just, um, I thought, weeks. There were still a couple weeks to go, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. And it wasn't. It was today. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, man, that's well, what's um, kind I, of been we, fresh in my world. Uh, it's interesting I do wanna, that I, I do to wanna, talk about I, any of the stuff that kind of happened over this weekend because Brandon and I recorded our JIC right. that came out on Monday before any of that shit transpired. I do want to uh, kind of book in a little something. Your uh, your lake house and the COVID and the Rona and the mask thing and uh, a little bit of a, a issue I've had in the last really 24 hours. Uh, I know your friends with me on Facebook, so you probably you might have seen it, but um, they put a uh, a new Five Guys in here in Lafayette. 
about uh, well, they started building it back in March, and then some big mysterious thing happened where suddenly construction was shut down for three months. Yeah. Um, but uh, they I just opened up about a, They just opened up a few weeks back, and it been it's been probably I think the last time I was in a Five Guys was I watched the trailer for Civil War. So that should tell you how long ago it was that I went into a Five Guys. That's four years, my friend, by yeah. the way. Um, so I, I said, what the hell? I'll go in and give him a shot. Wasn't really all that impressed, but um, that was back on the 20, 24th, 25th, somewhere in there. And uh, just yesterday, I'm sitting here at home, you know, playing Spyro, hanging out with the dog, being a bump on a log. And. I get an alert from Channel 18, a local news station out here, saying, hey, if you've been to the Five Guys over on Creasy Road uh, between the days of June 29th and July 3rd, go get tested because they just had three people test positive for coronavirus. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> they shut down. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. When did I go? When did I go? When did I go? And, you know, I'm looking back through a messenger trying to figure out when I had gone or what, a, you know, a comment that I had made about going there or something so I could put a, a date on it. And luckily, you know, it's far enough back that I was prior to all that shit happening. But the reason I bring it up is while I'm looking for that, while I'm going through and trying to, you know, figure out when I went and, you know, do I need to go get tested? As I'm going through that, the only thing that's running through my mind is who else have I seen since then? You know, what loved ones have I come across in that time between when I went and now? Yeah. Because if I've got it, that's who I may have infected. Who have I been, you know, in close proximity to? And in my case, that's a lot of fucking people. So I drive well, yeah, especially considering your job. Yeah, for my job, I'm in contact with quite a few people. But I'm thinking, you know, what loved ones have I been around? What friends have I been around? Like I said, I hung out with Tyler and Linda and, and, and a couple of other friends on Friday. So I'm thinking, shit, I... I the reason I bring all this up, the reason I, I, I'm, I'm mentioning this, the reason you want to wear a fucking mask is so you don't have those thoughts. The yeah. reason you want to wear a fucking mask is because you don't want to go, who else of my friends and family have I possibly gotten sick by doing something that I had no control over and didn't know about? Well, yeah. I didn't and go to some fucking I mean, beach park. The darker I thought is this is that because in the real world we live like, in, this like shit wanted, is insanely how, how, vicious. How irresponsible, you know, who, who have I how irresponsible are killed? you going to some big fucking beach party and shit like that and not wearing a mask? I could have gotten it from literally going and getting a fucking burger with yeah. 10 people in the building and Man. not known about it for two weeks. I'm not coughing at all. I have not shown any symptoms whatsoever. Well, that's so, good. Well, yeah, it's good for me, but the idea is that I could have been asymptomatic this whole time and not known it. That is also true. So you want to know why you wear a mask? Because every person that I saw in those two weeks could have been infected if it had been me. And I wouldn't have known. Yeah, and like That's I was saying, I, I don't mask. know if we were having connection issues with our phones because we've had a little bit of that tonight. Gotcha. BT does, no, that's, I'm just saying, I, that's if you want to know why you wear a mask, that's why you wear it. Well, absolutely. Because, and like I said, you yeah. get the, the darker thought of it's not who you might have got sick but who you might ultimately kill because this thing is very deadly it's right. not a joke right the it's not about necessarily protecting yourself because you know if it let's say i had gotten it from going to the restaurant you know let's say i had gotten infected with it there is nothing that would have prevented me from getting it at that point if i'm in the restaurant it's there and i get it 
it, wearing a mask isn't going to stop that. <clears throat> Correct. But it might, if wearing a mask in the time between might have prevented me from giving it to somebody else without knowing it. Correct. That's the important thing. And that's what people don't fucking get. And it drives me up a wall. You mean Vince McMahon doesn't get that everybody should wear a mask? Vince McMahon probably doesn't believe that it exists. The man thinks that, that, that sickness and sneezing is a weakness, so no. And, and really, that's a, that's a real nice segue you got there, pal. <laughs> because yeah, I know how to do it. I, yeah, because let's, 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 let's just transition into the biggest elephant in the room and the elephant that legitimately could be and has been proven to be in the room, in the WWE Performance Center. <laughs> Not just the elephant, but the fucking virus in the room. <laughs> The actual we have virus. Had, they have had at least 30. We think maybe now 40. As of yesterday, they've had more positive tests. Possibly 30, or at least 30, possibly north of 40 positive COVID tests uh, since they started testing. And I say since they started testing because they, they didn't start testing. testing right away. No. No. They were, heat, they were temperature taking. Or they were using some magical cleaning solution that you know, goes fucking scorched earth on every virus known to man and not known to man. It'll kill the bubonic plague. Some fucking cleaning solution that they were doing every night Bro. that was supposed to stop it. No. Bro. Ugh. The bubonic plague has made a comeback. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I know. I've heard. I've heard. What the fuck? <laughs> because 2020 ain't done with us yet. They, if you've also seen today, apparently someone found bats the size of humans. So now we have vampires. Man bat. Nice. Uh-huh. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, the uh, WWE had said for since March, really, when all this started, that oh, we're doing everything in our power. No, you weren't. You you clearly weren't. And it, it's it's kind of weird um, because you don't really think of when we think of professional wrestling, we don't think of the moral standards of it. You know. I might think of a moral standards in a fucking storyline or something, or hey, maybe you shouldn't do something that's possibly racist. Maybe that's a moral thing, but yeah, totally. Or like, yeah, exactly. But when you talk about wrestling with other wrestling fans right now, it invariably comes down to not just you know what's on TV, but what are the morals of actually having wrestling on right now? Like looking at WWE and AEW specifically, because neither of them are innocent in this. Is oh no is at what point are they just taking unnecessary risks with their performers? Um, and WWE is obviously more guilty of it by virtue of not testing early enough or thoroughly enough at this point. Uh, they're also guilty of apparently trying to hush up people for admitting that they had it. Like apparently when Renee Young revealed that she had it, uh, that she had tested positive, apparently WWE, got, she had heat with the officials. That's Which is dumb. asinine. Yeah. Hey, what was her major announcement, by the way? She's supposed to have made a oh, major uh, announcement. Oh, she has a cookbook she's releasing. Oh. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of as an aside, we have a, a season right now. It is open season on big announcements. We had, um, she announced that she had a cookbook. We had Sarah Logan made the, made a big announcement that she, as of today, is announcing that she's pregnant, which is cool. And now, uh, supposedly tomorrow night at Fighter Fest, or I guess tonight at Fighter Fest night two, uh, Taz has some major announcement because hey, it's open season on it. Huh. I wonder so. if it's that John Moxley will not be competing, and that 
Brian Cage will be taking on somebody else for the vacant title. Uh, we'll see. Uh, they got a, they got another week to figure that one out, so we don't know that yet. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I want to get your opinion on that with the Corona thing. Like, let's look at WWE specifically first. Is AEW sure. and WWE have two different situations? Notably, sure. With WWE specifically, they have the WWE Network and all the tape in the can that they can do. They have all these like best ofs and original programming and shit that they can put on TV should they need to. Or you know they can tape a month or two months out if they really need to at once. But they've insisted on for a while doing live shows and now only taping a week or two at a time. They have the ability to forego live shows. And have chosen not to. Is that put the onus of some of your employees catching COVID on you specifically? Does that put the fault on WWE? I think it absolutely does. I mean, look and at the, look look at the situation. Right. Okay, WWE didn't have people socially distanced. You know, they of course didn't have crowds at first, and then had the crowds or whatever, right. and. And this whole thing, and then they, they you know, WWE has done some things cool. Like, I honestly really love the plexiglass between the I crowd. I'm not going to lie. I dig it, too. I dig it, too. Like, like, it's the times we live in and shit, and I get it and whatnot, and it's kind of what you're going to have to do mm-hmm. probably moving forward unless there's an absolute cure or, or you know, vaccine. But, like, um, the so they've done some things yeah. nice. However... Lying to the public and saying you've been testing your employees when you haven't. Um, hiding the reality that people least, have yeah. gotten the Rona. Right. Um, also trying to keep people hush-hush about having gotten the Rona. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your unsafe environment that you created and then now you're liable for. See, it's all about not letting liability slip back to them is what this all is about. It's not about... They right. can give a fuck less about life's numbers, all that. It comes right. down to, will they have to pay restitution to somebody down the road because of these coronavirus cases? So the question that it really boils down to in terms of WWE is, should they be filming new content right now? Whether that's taped in advance, live, any of the above. Should WWE be filming content right now? Well, if you do, here's my thought. You need to intersperse. And what I mean by that is, say, listen, you guys understand that we're in a coronavirus time. So every week, you're going to get a best of match. A match that comes from our vault. It could be mm-hmm. from WCW. It could be from ECW. It could be whatever. But it's going to take up X amount of time on the show. We might have one cinematic match, which allows for two performers to privately get together and put on something mm-hmm. special or maybe a couple teams. So it limits the amount of people. And then maybe, just maybe, you have one match that is actually two performers in the ring doing something. And then you have your storylines and all that other stuff that you have to do that fills time. Do your backstage segment as fucking camera stuff, man. People can have right. their phones. Yeah, It is the world we live in. Like, I, put, I pick up my phone, I go on yeah. Facebook Live, and I go, hey, guys, here's my fucking promo. Fuck them is. And I throw my phone down. That's, that's all you got to I mean, do. They've been doing the uh, the live promo from a remote location for years. They did that back in the at fucking Attitude Era. Yes. The the thing with me is it's it's a different case from WWE and AEW, and I'll get to that here in a second. Um, WWE is under no obligation currently to continue producing new material. 
I know USA and Fox have both paid out the ass for him and blah, blah, blah. But as far as I know, and I may be wrong in this, but as far as I know, they are not forcing WWE into producing new content, especially because WWE has so much backlog that they can show. Hell, they can show a WrestleMania every fucking day if they wanted to. They can show a pay-per-view every night. Yeah. They can do best ofs from whatever wrestler. You know, best ofs of your team. They can show the fucking Attitude Era series. You want to show the Monday Night Wars series. Fuck, show Ride Along. You know? They've show got material the, Showcase what use. the network has to offer, and maybe yeah. you'll get more fucking people if... Yeah, that's the other half of it. The thing is, they're not... They're not going to go under... WWE is not going under. They're not declaring bankruptcy anytime soon. The wrestlers aren't going hungry anytime soon because they're all under contract. You know, they may be considered independent contractors, but they're still getting paid. They're not paid by appearance. So, WWE really has no reason, hard and fast reason, that they have to continue producing new content. Which makes the any content that they produce, you know, live, uh, pre-taped, you know, anything other than a Zoom call from your house, a risk to their people, and a risk to their promotion—not just their wrestlers, but to their their production crew and to the people in the audience, even and their reputation. Uh, the reputation doesn't matter at this point. No, but in in, in some ways it's going to because listen, and what I mean by that is. We're going to look back on this time, everybody, and see what mm-hmm. companies did and how they either did or did not protect the people who were essential in the line of fire. We owe a great well, deal right, right now to professional wrestling because it's the only original entertainment that's happening that still has some air of liveness to it. No, I agree. I agree there. Um, but the, the different the, the thing is that the reputation, the only person who really cares about the reputation of WWE is Vince. And the reputation doesn't fucking matter because the reputation's already bought and paid for. Vince wants the reputation of WWE to be the only, you know, live sport that's still airing. When there isn't really a soul over the age of seven years old that still thinks this is a live fucking sport. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And the thing is that he's trying... He wants to be legitimate so fucking bad. Wants to be you know, held in the same esteem as the NBA and everything else, he's always hated the Carney aspect of wrestling. The problem is the public perception of Carney wrestling has been there for 50 fucking years and will continue to be there because no one takes professional wrestling seriously. And you can't you know, shake casually. the roots. Casually, yeah. Well, I mean, Leopard can't change his spots. It's still... It, it will always have the reputation of being hokey professional wrestling. Whether or not you like it, I like it, we agree with it. We like wrestling. Doesn't matter. The public perception is still that. Public perception of Bill Cosby, he's a fucking rapist. <laughs> That's not Correct. changing. That is not changing whatsoever. Public perception is Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Motherfuckers! <laughs> uh, a whole um, other podcast could yeah, be opened up if yeah. I really split that camera uh, open. So Vince, Vince's goal, you know, he can talk about putting you know, smiles on faces, all he wants. That's That's been the, the company line, is we're here to provide a distraction from everything that's going on and try to put a smile on your face. What Vince wants is to replicate the fact that he was the first live or live event after 9-11. You see, he's ridden that fact until today. Still. Oh, absolutely. He is still hanging his hat on that. 
So to be the first thing to open up and have fans, that's what he wants. He wants to be the first sport of any kind, the first athletic event of any kind. He wants to be number one to fans. Okay, so to have fans in the question. Stands. Yeah. At what cost? That's the thing is the cost to WWE doesn't matter. So when people start – okay, let's just play a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Florida just fucking says, go, we're opening. We don't give a shit. Everything's normal. You mean, Life, wait, they haven't done that yet? We'll <laughs> still have as some guidelines, obviously, is, is, and some companies are taking it seriously. Yeah. So I do have to give some props yeah. to that state. I know for the most part I don't know. it's been open season. I don't know. Based on everything I've seen from the news thus far, Florida is pretty much God's blind spot at this point. Oh, well, okay. Well, um, let's just say then that they... On a whim, say, sure, we're going to open up a stadium show. We'll let WWE use, I don't know, whatever fucking right. stadium they want. But right. whatever capacity it is has to be halved, and everybody has to be six feet apart. That's the only, the only provision. Mm-hmm. And then within two weeks, people start getting sick. It's doom. It's there's it's it's beyond it's perception. It's beyond reputation. Yeah. Once you start killing your audience... Mm-hmm. It's done. You've you've buried your company. There's no turning back. I, I get the feeling that they're going to have somebody that gets before. I, I get the distinct impression that they're going to have a talent or a production assistant, somebody within WWE that's there now. You know, that's filming these shows now is going to get seriously like life threatening sick before they get to having live audiences, and that's going to have to. That'll be their wake up call. Yeah, I don't know if it, I'm not going to say it'll be somebody dying that has to shake them out of that, but it's going to take somebody getting seriously like, you know, in ICU on a in a ventilator. What before... about Vince? I mean, no offense, I'm not trying to like pick him out of a lineup, but like, wouldn't that be the ironic thing? Yeah, it would be because or he's the guy that's just like propagating yeah. that it does you know germs aren't real and all this shit, and then yeah. or the fact that Ric Flair's still been there filming live shit for the past three weeks. Ridiculous. Yeah, the guy you don't need 80-year-old talent ago. on your fucking show. The dude was on a fucking was in a medically induced coma a year ago. And you've got him out prancing around in fucking Germ Central, seriously? But hey, if he wants to be responsible for the de- death of Ric Flair, that's on him. And see another another thing you can't come yep. back from. So no, Exactly. Talking about this WWE stuff, man, well, it's really frustrating because It is. And the 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 fucked up thing is that if you look at WWE, you, you can say that you know they have this blame and all. AEW is running the exact same risk. They're running less risk because they have actually been testing since day one. But and how still they've been testing and how they've been open policy about That's it. That's true. That's very true. But you know, calling a spade a spade, putting anybody at risk is still putting somebody at risk, and putting huh. people you know together. They're not wearing masks in the in the in Daly's place. That's true. You know, uh, there was a rumor last week, or actually a stated story last week, that uh, during Fighter Fest Night 1, there was actually people up in the upper decks at Daly's Place or friends and family that didn't get tested. Oh, my that were there God. And weren't Ugh. necessarily socially distancing. But the idea being that they're outdoors and that they're 60, 70 feet in the air, they're not in danger of actually hitting anybody that has been tested down there. So they're signing a waiver and acknowledging that they're there. Which, Ugh. you know, is, it's his own case of worms. Um, AEW, the only 
the only thing that separates AEW from WWE, A, is their, the standard of testing has been higher since day one, which is great. Um, the other thing is that reportedly TNT has told them if you do not produce live content or you do not produce new content, you're off the air. Deal's done. Meltzer Whoa. himself has said that if AEW ceases to promote uh, produce new content, they will fold. End of company. Shit. And, and part of the reason being is that they don't have the backlog that WWE does to fall back on. They don't have 18,000 pay-per-views that they can show and all this other live shit. They have being the elite and, you know, six months, eight months worth of pay-per-views. Which, understandable if TNT says, hey, you're not making anything new out of this. So that's why AEW has been a little more forthright about putting new content out on a weekly basis. And they're lucky in that they have Daily's Place because they're set up a lot better, really, than the Performance Center is in terms of socially distancing. So, on the one hand, you can say AEW is running the same amount of risk that WWE is, and they really are. And the ethical risk is still there. Um, However, they're kind of put in between a rock and a hard place in terms of what they're able to do. So... It's kind of a fucked up situation, um, and it will continue to be a fucked up situation. Uh, and unfortunately, WWE's being WWE and just, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah, they're not going to change course for anybody, no. and that's that. No. To to really kind of further elaborate on the AEW thing, you know, it is unfortunate that they are put in such a pickle. I, think. I do like the fact that Taz called him out for running a sloppy shop. I thought that was nice. I was gonna, I was just getting ready to talk about that. Yeah, is that um, that little pipe bomb drop of just like you know we don't run a sloppy shop was was a definite like throw jab. Like motherfuckers, you're getting people sick, and you actually risked our company too. See, that's the danger here. Right. It didn't just put WWE at risk to have WWE talent get sick. Guess what? More than just John Moxley and motherfucking uh, Renee Young are together, who are in two right. different promotions right now. Sean Spears and what's her name yep. from the Iconics. Sean Spears, Cedric Alexander. Uh, well, I mean, if you, just from the AEW side, Sean Spears, Big Swole, and uh, Britt Baker are yeah. three names, notably so. Yeah. So you're risking a, a whole other company. Being right. like that, so it was actually fitting for Taz to say that, and it's like, what? what who's going to stop him? It's Taz. The only, the only thing is, there's a little element of the pot calling the kettle black because again, W or AEW is still putting people at risk, and you know, you can also make the comment that oh, remember a few weeks back when there was the uh, oh, um, the beach party or something, the little house party where Britt Baker, you know, was talking about her leg being healed up and all that. After uh, after double or nothing, yeah, party at Tony Khan's. Yep, you know, a party like that's probably not that advisable, and they still did that. So there's there's a little bit of um, throwing a rock inside of a glass house, but the call itself from Taz isn't necessarily a bad thing either. So well, and I think too, it's like right now. You know, when are some some fighters at their best when their back's against the wall? Right. And AEW's back is absolutely against the wall. Could you imagine 
hey, you have no choice but to create new content in an epidemic mm-hmm. or you're if, done because you're the, off the I air. mean, it's kind of shitty of TNT to say that if that's the case. But it's also kind of understandable because they can't really have something that they're going to lose money on either. Yeah, I and, mean, if they stop producing content and they lose the viewership and there's not that war do. and there's not the talk. They do. Just, they do. I mean, you're you're not wrong in any of that regard, so. It's, it's just a really a, shitty situation all around, it's the interesting times that we live in, yes. What other um, headlines we got, my friend? What other shit's been going on in the wrestling world? So I'm going to kind of ping-pong around a little bit. Let's uh, do a do couple, it. like, just WWE main roster headlines first. Um, for one, you have, uh, did you see they renamed uh, Extreme Rules? No. It's now The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Oh, my God. Why is it a horror show? Well, we, we, we don't really know yet. They haven't really given any kind of an explanation. Uh, you're going to have some sort of a cinematic match, supposedly, between Braun and Bray, uh, because Bray has gone back to swamp cult status again. And he dropped the fiend? Not entirely. He's just kind of he's kind of doing a three faces of Foley thing. Ooh, I like it. There, I mean, there's, it's actually sort of interesting, but apparently he and Braun are going to have a quote-unquote swamp fight. Love it. So we'll take into that what you will. Uh, the other aspect of what is kind of horrific is the uh, just from last night, we have the uh, uh, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio feud that's been going, which I've notably said Seth has been great at with his little cult leader gimmick. But uh, it started with Seth you know, nearly blinding Ray with the corner of the steps and a great little angle. But uh, as of last night, uh, Ray challenged Seth to a, and I'm quoting here, eye for an eye match. What? And when that happened, the announcers are, well, that's kind of weird. You don't think they're actually going to, you know, try to hurt somebody's or each other's eyes or you know, certainly that's not what's going to happen. That, that's that's a bit much, right? That can't happen. Well, no, officially on WWE Network tonight, uh, the description of the match is as follows, and that the match can only end when someone loses a fucking eye. How are you going to do that? I, you know as much as I do at this point. Oh, you know, I know how they're going to do it because it's going to be a cinematic match, a pre-taped match, and they're going to have a fucking prosthetic eye that somebody's going to lose. <sighs> All it's I know is be Seth Rollins because he's going to look like fucking Snake Plissken. I'm going to go on the record right now. Sure. If they get around this by having Rey Mysterio tear the letter I off of the Monday Night Messiah on Seth's trunks and call that the ending, I give up WWE. Like full stop? I will, I will cease watching Raw and SmackDown for a extended period of time because that is a bridge too far. <laughs> well, Mysterio has an eye in his name too. I that's well, it's not on his trunks though. Oh, true. Seth actually says Monday Night Messiah. So, if it just says Monday Night Mess H A or Mess A H come Monday, <laughs> I I will be waving my hands and washing my hands of all things main roster for a, at least a period of time. <laughs> That will be an insult to my intelligence one too far. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we also have, uh, for reasons really unknown but to God, uh, Dolph Ziggler is getting a title uh, title feud with Drew McIntyre. And, what? And Randy Orton is, you know, after his big feud with Edge and would be at his hottest and probably the best, 
you know, best contender for Drew's title is fighting with Big Show because Big Show. So Big, Big Show said something the other day that pissed me off. What's that? He said, make me kingpin in the Daredevil reboot. No, no, no. Vincent D'Onofrio is already the perfect penguin. Full stop. Don't you don't need to recast that role. He was perfect. Um, shit. Michael Clark Duncan was a better kingpin than probably Big Show would be. <laughs> stick to your stick to your Full House remake, dude. Agreed. Um, I, I I'm fairly sure the only reason that he's in the feud with Big Show is they're they're promoting Randy as the as the legend killer again, and Big Show is the only legend that they can work with currently. So <laughs> he's the only one that's willing to actually get into a ring right now. So Great. Yeah, so that's what we're getting for the time being. But that just leads to Dolph being a feud, which no one really cares. Um and it led to an even weirder segment last night, and I'm guessing you don't really you didn't really follow much of Raw last night, right? Nope. Um so they brought they had Dolph come out and talk to Drew about Drew being a backstabber and that Dolph's not the only person he's stabbed in the back over the years and that he had somebody here that Dolph that Drew had screwed over and that wanted revenge against Drew. And out trots Heath Slater. Okay. Interested. Heath Slater, who notably was released from the company like a month ago. A month Correct. Ago. Yeah. And he's got kids. Yeah, and, and for the record, looks like a million bucks. He's rumored to be going to, to Impact, actually. Um, but they trot him out, and he kind of cuts a, a very impassioned promo on Drew. And and unfortunately for WWE, Heath Slater was one of the, a better promo that never really got much time. And talks about how he got, when Drew got fired, that Heath was there for him every day, talking to him and helping him through it. When Heath got fired and, you know, was put in a position where he needs to provide for his kids, his not, you know, kayfabe kids, but his legitimate two daughters, that Drew was nowhere to be found. And that he wants, you know, a pound out of Drew's ass. And Nice. Uh, Seemingly and, real and, heat. Yeah. I mean, it's it in a vacuum, it's a great promo. Now, the match that took place immediately following was literally Claymore Pin. Like, it was a squash. Dumb. But uh, afterwards, the two hugged it out, and Drew and, well, Heath got a, a curtain call, essentially. He got to bow, and everybody cheered for him, and then he's you know riding off into the sunset. Is he going to go to Impact for real? I don't know. Interesting. Um, and we are back from the commercial break, folks. As we were gone, you know, not a lot of whole crazy action happened. We were discussing the Drew McIntyre Heath Slater bit. What did you think, Buckles? What was your final thoughts on uh, what happened there after the technical difficulties we had during the commercial break? <laughs> well, basically, the idea that like I'm okay with the promo being really cool. Like it was a good promo from Heath Slater, and it's a good babyface thing, and probably would have gone over really well with the crowd. And it's nice that he gets his little curtain call moment. However. There's something that rings really weird to me about running an angle about someone being fired and having hardship at home when your company is the one that fucking fired him in the first place and when you didn't really need to fire anybody because the firings only took place to protect your projected profit margin, not because you were going under. So you fired the guy without having really reason to, and yeah, you're giving him a nice pat on the back on the way out, but the... 
to use that for an angle still seems kind of weird and scummy to me. Yeah, it's like patting him on the back after you just spit in his fucking face. Yeah, no kidding. Like, hey, we're going to cut you because we haven't really used you at all, and... Uh, we haven't. We've been paying you to do, you know, fucking nothing. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Instead of using you, we're gonna keep you in catering for, you know, a few years. Uh, we're gonna fire you during the middle of a pandemic because we don't want to look like we're losing money because we're gaining money hand over fist. And uh, forbid, by the way, like on the way out, can you make penny. fun of yourself for getting fired? It's like Jesus, man. Now, like, again, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's shitty to run it as an angle. I think you don't take real life in this time. In this time. Right. Like, it's just, it's a, it's nobody wants taste. to see an angle where a wrestler who has been fired comes back. Like, it's not, it's not cool. It's like a punch in the balls. Not, it's not fun. Like, with the, the, the Drake Maverick thing was kind of weird because you toyed the idea of him getting his job back, which is kind of a, in a way, a slap in the face of the people that don't get their jobs back. But the fact is, he did actually get his job back. So, there's a nice resolution yeah. to that. This one, you're not rehiring Slater. Uh, I mean, there's no major storyline to rehire him at this point. So the idea, you're not likely to actually rehire him. He's already rumored to be going to Impact. So it's just like, why Why was any of that necessary? I mean, if the whole thing was run with his approval just to give him a, a curtain call on the way out, yeah, I can accept that, but it still feels really like a bad take to me. Like, just poor taste. So That was a weird and thing And how do you feel as, as Heath Slater trying to find work? You know, you're like, I guess I've got to go fucking work at Impact and uh, I don't know. there. I don't know. You know, like, and then you get a call from the offices, only for them to be like, "Psych, we don't really need you back, back. We like, just need you for like one little thing." If I remember correctly, and I, I'm not sure if I'm misremembering this or not, but the idea was that he's been released, but it was still technically under contract, so they could use him for something. I don't know. It's it's really fucking weird. Um, I don't know who there was somebody from AEW that had recent beef with the WWE. Did you hear about this? Which one? I, I don't remember. I cannot for the life of me. And as soon as I start the sto- telling the story, I'm hoping that you're like, oh, that was this person. Um, but one of the wrestlers who was let go, WWE called them, or not them, but called their wife. To see if they could use the pool to shoot an angle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, it's uh, Zack Ryder. Actually, it's not AEW at all. It's Zack Ryder. Yeah, just it's, Zack Ryder. Yeah, there it's you because go. he's uh, he's dating or engaged to, um, oh, Jesus, why can't I think of her name? She was Laurel Van Ness in uh, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. Okay. Uh, yeah, they wanted to shoot a promo at their pool, which is, you know, at Slater's house, or at, uh, at, uh, Zack Ryder's fucking house. And, uh, yeah, she's like, no, fuck you, no. <laughs> You're going to fire me and then want to come shoot at my house? Fuck you. But then to have the audacity not even to call him. They yeah, they called wife. her instead, yeah. What um, a fucking douche. If I remember correctly, wasn't he just on Talk as Jericho as well? Oh, I think so. I think he I think he actually went over the whole Kane thing, too, the, the proceed burial, which he kind of put credence to, which is weird. Um, huh. He's another guy that's rumored to be going to Impact as well. There's a whole lot of people being... Actually, I, that was one of my headlines to touch on real quick. Uh, confirmed, Gallows and Anderson will be going to Impact. Confirmed. Oh, I did not see that yep. coming. Point of fact, actually, uh, Gallows tweeted out a picture... Or Anderson tweeted out a picture of Gallows in an Impact shirt today. 
Whoa. Uh, supposedly they're working they've got a deal with them that's going to allow them to also work New Japan as well. So that's part of the deal. Um, rumor is good for them. Yeah. Uh, Branch out an impact really quickly, um, and we'll get back to WWE. There's a tie-in here. They have um, Slammiversary, I believe, coming up, one of their big their big pay-per-views. And uh, they've been kind of thrown for a loop because the original uh, title feud was supposed to be Elgin and Tessa Blanchard. They fired her. Spoiler alert, both of them are gone. Um, both of them. Oh, yeah, shit. Elgin. Elgin's uh, suspended, I believe, indefinitely, and I don't. I can't remember if he's fired or just suspended indefinitely, uh, per the speaking out movement. Um, oh. Tessa, on the other hand, fuck him. Uh, yeah, there's a like, there's a long history with him. Actually, there's some other scummy shit. Um, yeah, fuck Michael Elgin. Anyway, uh, Tessa, on the other hand, um. There's two sides to it. One is that she, ref- or Impact says she refused to uh, come back to the states. She's currently quarantined in Mexico because she is dating a Mexican wrestler. Uh, so she's current quarantined there, but wouldn't even cut a promo to drop the title Whoa. because she can't come back to defend it. She wouldn't even cut a like uh, some kind of a exit promo or an angle to describe why she's dropping the title. Uh, that's what Impact's saying. So they they are saying they fired her because of, you know, bad business and and you know her being in breach of contract or whatever you want to call it. She says, yeah, she says that her con or other thought is that her contract was running out and they fired her just because they didn't want to let the contract expire. They just fired her beforehand. Whoa. So it's kind of shitty all around, but it also stems to the fact that. Tessa's not exactly been a role model there the last, you know, year. <laughs> We've talked about it on the show. She's had some uh, issues come up herself. True, and I don't know if I see her going elsewhere. Like, I mean, well, initially my gut was like, oh, maybe she'll go work in AEW. She did work all in. Oh, here's the thing. Apparently, AEW doesn't want her. Yep. Like, specifically, Tony Khan does not want her. Even though Big Swole, who was one of the people that spoke out against her, wants her to come to AEW because she thinks that's the most stable place for her to go. You know, her dad being there, being part of that. Um, however, AEW apparently does not have any interest in her. WWE apparently does. So that could be, you know, despite the fact that WWE refused to sign her earlier when she was a headache, when she was dating Ricochet back in the original May Young days or May Young Classic days. But apparently that's uh, water under the bridge and they are heavily interested in, in Tessa as well. Um, here's the interesting thing is that taking all of the outside of the ring headaches out of it, like take all the, you know, attitude issues and perceived racism and all the other shit away from Tessa. The fact that she's not had the best mentality, um, who could benefit more from her? WWE. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Well, AEW yeah. could benefit. AEW more for could benefit her. from her, just on a on a complete clean slate. If she keeps her act together, you know, in the ring she is a blue chipper all day, one of the best women wrestlers on the planet, and AEW is sorely lacking in that outside of a couple. And that's. Do you think Tony Khan would misdirect? No, honestly, saying no. like we will never work with her. No, I, I don't think so in this case. Um, 
because it would be kind of a bad look to publicly say that they're disallowing Hogan and his wife from showing up at AEW at all. They're not invited because of racism issues, and then to turn around and sign Tessa, who has reportedly had racist issues. It's it's yeah, not. I, I don't see him reversing course on that. It sucks because really AEW could use a tent pole in their women's division. They really do need more solid workers. Um, they have some good hands there, but they're all really green, so they need somebody who can put on good matches while the current crop trains up. And as good a heel as Britt Baker is in the ring, she ain't it. Uh, as good as much as I like Statlander, she's not there yet. So right now, and as much as we like Nyla, she's not quite there yet. Not quite there yet. Nope. So having a Hikaru Shida and having a Riho, those are both really good gets. Don't get me wrong. But Riho's on another country, and, and Shida can't run the division by herself. Correct. She can't so, wrestle herself every right. night. And they're quickly running out of heels for her to feud with. So Tessa would be a perfect get. Really, they missed the boat with... Uh, with uh, Deanna Perrazzo, who is an impact now. that's yep. a, And to me, they missed the boat with Deanna. We mentioned this last show. They met, She missed it with Deanna, with Mercedes Martinez, and with uh, Kimberly. They missed out on all three of those somehow. Mercedes Martinez is the biggest miss to me, but that's just my personal. And what's her name? Uh, Dashwood. Tennille Dashwood. I don't know. She's kind of flamed out everywhere she's gone. Yeah, she, that's she true. Was, but I think Ring maybe with Honor, the right tutelage, was, maybe she could be better, though. I don't know. I don't know. She was with Ring of Honor. She was with uh, Impact. I didn't did she do the the Battle Royal at one at at All Out? I don't remember if she did or not. I can't remember. Maybe I can't remember. I think I want to say she did, but I cannot honestly recall. I, and she's had some weird thing where she's just kind of petered out every place she's gone to. So I don't know what the history there is. I never. I don't dislike her at all by any means, but um, but yeah, that's uh that's kind of the Impact side of things at the moment. Um. Really, that's the the main roster shit. They still have. Oh, uh, they did debut the new U.S. title last night, which I sent you a picture of. I uh, like it. It's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. It's best, actually it's kind of grown it's on me. Bad. It's kind of grown on me overnight a little bit. Uh, I like it more than the old U.S. title, but that's a it's it's not hard to clear a bar that's on the ground. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're when you're bar, dog, that's a line. It's not even a bar. Yeah. It's that that belt looked like a fucking toy, and that the only belt that I dislike more in WWE is currently the IC belt, but that's just me. Um, this one's not bad, truthfully. I'm just thrilled it wasn't a you know red, white, and blue WWE logo like the other main titles are. So it's a start. <laughs> red, white, and blue strap with just the WWE logo, right? Well, I mean, look at the Universal and the WWE title, and look at the SmackDown and Raw Women's titles. Look at the fucking tag yeah. titles. The only main roster belts that have any kind of difference are now the U.S., the Intercontinental, and the women's tag. Otherwise, they're all the fucking same. What do you think about... Um, do you think that's a Vince thing with the belts, or do you think that's elsewhere? You know, honestly, I do. I think it is a Vince thing. Uh, I know it's easy to say that everything is a Vince thing, but um, for someone who reportedly wants the brand to be the star rather than the stars be the brand, putting the logo front and center on the title kind of... It it's a layup for that, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's a Vince thing. God, it'd be so much cooler if it went old school though and had like the old WWF oh, yeah. look of things, man. Um, other than that, uh, I do want to get 
kind of an interesting take. I, I railed a couple weeks back on uh, Charlotte being on every fucking episode of every show and how tiring it was. Didn't that backfire? Well, we don't know because we don't know if she's actually injured or not. They still haven't released that. Supposedly she is, mm. but we haven't really seen. She's also, there's a rumor that it's an elective surgery and she'll be back in a couple of weeks. We don't know yet. Um, the only reason I bring it up is we had Charlotte over everything for a couple of weeks. And now we've got Bailey and Sasha on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Like, Uh-oh. literally, they were on, they have wrestled on all three shows for like the last couple of weeks. And where Charlotte was tiring and over-pushing and, and overdone, Bailey and Sasha have been, honestly, the best parts of the shows. Like, quite literally, they've been the, the highlight of SmackDown. They've been kind of the highlight of Raw. And they've been found on NXT. So it kind of makes me wonder if, like, well, was the overexposure, was that because it was three shows a week or was it because it was Charlotte that no one wants to fucking see? Whereas people enjoy Bailey and Sasha. <laughs> Listen, I think that you have a problem. I do have a slight where... I have an answer here as well, so go ahead. Well, what you really have a problem of, you have a nice pool of women talent, but mm-hmm. you've stretched it thin in such a way where you've got to feature one specific person or an act or a team rocking all three brands to kind of give some continuity to your division. Right. That's the thing that I think is lacking. I'm also sending you a text, BT Dubs. Sure. I think part of it, in my mind, part of the reason that it's it's it's, it's not as rough with Bailey and Sasha is that it's more organic. Um, Charlotte was on Raw because she was part of the roster, and she was on NXT because she had the title. There was no real reason for her to be on, uh, on SmackDown. So, in this case with Bailey and Sasha, they have the tag titles, which is, is an all-brands title situation. Correct. So, there's more of a storyline reason for them to be on all three shows. Uh, the other thing is, Charlotte didn't lose, like, at all, almost, when she was on all three shows. Whereas, Bailey got beat last night. Sasha got beat on NXT the other day. Like, they're actually, it's serving storyline and not just, you know, feeding them all to one person. That and, honestly, Charlotte and Bailey are actually, or uh, Bailey and uh, all of them are actually entertaining, so that helps as well. True. Um, True. One other thing I wanted to touch on with WWE, and I I get the feeling you probably hadn't heard this one yet. Uh, WWE actually made a very interesting acquisition last week. Oh? Um, they bought Evolve. They officially bought Evolve Wrestling. Really? Um, yeah. And it's a big thing. It's uh, it's surprising on the one hand, but it's also kind of been expected for a while. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, Evolve is a small promo. It was part of the World Wrestling Network. Uh, it was a really big deal a couple of years ago. It was it's kind of its heyday. Um and that's actually where you started to see a lot of the Matt Riddles. That's actually where Riddle got its start. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy was there. Uh, well, I mean, the Bucks were on there. Keith Lee, uh, Riddle, fucking, they've done stuff in New Japan. Yeah. Um, you've got, 
uh, I was just thinking of another one. Uh, Drew Gulak was a big name there. Um, their names, from, um, like Janela has done stuff with them. Uh, guys from the Dark Order have done stuff with them. Uh, like uh, John Silver did a lot of shit with them. Um, the uh, I'm suddenly blanking on things. Uh, I got a lot of the guys I like from Beyond are on there. That was a big uh, promotion for a while. It's a Gabe Sapolsky-run promotion. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky being a Paul Heyman uh, trainee of sorts and also pretty good friends with Triple H. Um, that was a big, that was kind of the feeder area for Johnny Gargano as well. Like a lot of people that you see in Impact and in WWE came from Evolve right now. And over the last couple of years, Evolve kind of became a slow feeder into NXT and NXT started sending people back there. Uh, yeah, they had Orange Cassidy because that's where you had the Velveteen Dream Orange Cassidy match. Uh, yeah. They had Adam Cole. They had a few other things. Uh, for a while, um, the Street Profits were actually their tag champs. Uh, they were sending uh, a few other guys, uh, lesser-known guys, to evolve to kind of get some seasoning in front of live crowds uh, so they could bring them up and push them on NXT. Again, Street Profits. Uh, part of the WWE Tag Team Champion, or uh, uh, NXT Tag Champs Imperium, uh, Fabian, Eichner, Fabian Eichner was, for a hot minute, was their champion. Uh, so, I mean, there was, there was a decent relationship with WWE, and really when they started putting some of their folks on it, it kind of, the shine kind of came off of Evolve a little bit. People started paying attention to other feds a little bit more. And it was kind of looked at as the, the developmental for NXT in a way. So mm-hmm. when they go under, when they went under, it's not surprising to see WWE buy them at all. But the reason that they bought them, we don't really, no one really thinks they're going to continue you know, booking them as a developmental thing at all. But there's a significant tape library of Evolve shows. And my distinct hope is that they put them on the network. Because there's that would be amazing. Wealth. It'd also be crazy because you'd have oh. people like the Bucks on the network. Oh, yeah. You're going to see Bucks, AR Fox, fucking Swerve in his heyday, under performing under different names. Not to mention some people that you may see coming up in the future. Guys like Josh Briggs, who's their current champion. Uh, has been on my shortlist for someone to watch for a while. Um... So, I mean, that's a very notable purchase. Uh, it kind of been expected for a while, but notable that they finally did it. Kind of ties in with the fact that they just made WWE Network. A f- there's a free version and a paid version. For a while, there's been a rumor going around that there was going to be a tiered version of the network that would include stuff like Progress, stuff like Evolve, stuff like uh, ICW, uh, things that they were partnered with. And this purchase of Evolve... Lends a little bit of credence to that at the the timing yes, of it, it does yeah the timing of it going along with the um, release of the free network or the free version of the network kind of speaks to that being uh, being some smoke fire to that smoke so it's interesting to see where they come from I personally would love it because I would love to go back and rewatch a lot of that shit so I used to actually follow a lot of it and just wasn't able to watch any of it um. And I'd like to watch the original genesis of a Matt Riddle and Keith Lee before he got the chains taken, or before he had the chains really taken off and got to learn who he was. Uh, Thatcher, who's got some great stuff going with, the, with WWE now or with NXT now, that's where he got his uh, biggest press. I mean, there's a ton of good shit there. Um, 
that's really all the headlines I've got. Uh, I do sure. want to ask. I want to. I want to touch on something with uh, with uh, impact or not with impact with uh, AEW really quickly and get your opinion. Okay. Um, because right now I would touch on the storylines for AEW, but we're getting ready to with Fighter Fest because that's really the only thing going on with AEW right now is Fighter Fest. Same with NXT. Correct. The same thing with NXT. The only thing going on with NXT is Great American Bash. Uh, but with I want to bring up Cody specifically. Um, have you seen recently, now that Hager uh, had his match at Fighter Fest, uh, there's been talk online of who's Cody going to face next. And H- Cody actually tweeted out, who should I, you know, who should I give the next title defense to? You know, who should I pull from the indies? Who do you want to see me fight for the TNT title? And it got a little traction because notably CM Punk jumped in it and made a couple jokes. So people immediately say, oh, you should have Punk come on. My question to you. Sure. Given given carte blanche, given you know, free reign to look at whoever you want, who would you suggest, who do you want, you know, what opponents would you line up for Cody if he continues to do this open challenge? Oh, I have a fucking clever idea, and, and it'll I'm, be great. I mean, come from come from AEW, he's also shown that he'll he's willing to pull from the indies with guys like uh with uh, guys like Ricky uh, Starks, yeah, Ricky Starks. Yeah, so, let's hear it. What you got? I've got a couple of my own, but I want to hear yours. Pretty easy. Reignite a feud that already exists. It comes out of nowhere, and it allows somebody who is currently not working to work again. Sure, Nick Aldis. I'd be down for that. That uh, I that mean, would... he shows up, NWA yeah. champion. He says, "I want to take that belt from you." Now. I'm notably not a big fan of Aldis, so it wouldn't really excite totally. me too much to see the match, but to see the implications of NWA crossing over would be a nice thing. Definitely. Especially now that NWA is kind of in dire straits. It would also be badass to have Zack Ryder or Matt Cardina or whatever his Matt name Cardina, is. Matt Cardina, yeah. Be, uh, you know, somebody who challenges and, you know, almost could shockingly be amazing if you had him mm-hmm. win. The uh, the couple names I wanted to throw out, one actually made his debut as we're recording this tonight on the sec or on the seventh uh, on AEW Dark. Uh, his official AEW debut, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Yes, uh, has notably done some work. He's only got two years deep in the business. Um, I, I think he was ranked. I think he was actually the PWI uh, Rookie of the Year recently. Um, Pillman Jr. was uh, notably on MLW pretty well going forward. Uh, he's still rough around the edges, still pretty green, but has a really huge potential there. So, I mean, I to see him give a shot to Pillman would be kind of a nice call-up. Um, personally, me, I want to see them give it to a couple guys at AEW already. I'd love to see John Silver get a shot. I'd like to see a guy like Janela get a shot. Um you know, a couple guys that are already there just need to be elevated a little bit more. Um, but the reason I bring it all up at all, uh, the there's one name in particular that's been turning around Twitter, and the overwhelming favorite, the overwhelming uh, the amount of people that suggested it when Cody asked, spawned its own uh, hashtag on Twitter that was trending. Uh, you gotta tell me, Cody fears Warhorse. Oh my God! Yes, yes, and and the thing is, we know from back at uh, Revolution or the day before Revolution, 
uh, that Cody had mentioned uh, when they did their promo stuff at C2E2. Warhorse and Danhausen. He had mentioned Warhorse and Danhausen. So the names were, on, were already on his radar. But literally when he suggested that, the idea of Warhorse, like Warhorse, or Cody Fears Warhorse, was picked up by a ton of fucking people on Twitter and to the point where it trended. So there may be a legitimate chance of that. And if there is, your reaction to Ricky Starks getting on, that would be my reaction with Warhorse getting on. <laughs> Hate to say I told you so, yep. all right. Yep. Um, so the, yeah, keep your ears open because there is a non-zero chance of that happening. Um, but yeah, that's all my headlines here. I do want to get into some recaps. Uh, obviously, like I just said, we are in the Great American Bash uh, Fighter Fest War. Really the first time that NXT and AEW have specifically gone head-to-head, intentionally gone head-to-head. Um, just as setup, uh, AEW announced, or ahead of time announced that Fighter Fest was going to be a two-night event. They're you know doing this in lieu of a pay-per-view. They're really pushing it. Uh, NXT at the time wasn't doing anything. They just come off really fast of uh, In Your House. So they weren't, yep. you know, logically we're conditioned. We don't expect another takeover or event like a takeover for a while yet. A couple months probably. Uh, really, SummerSlam would probably be the first one. But no, as soon as AEW announces that, then all of a sudden WWE NXT digs up the name Great American Bash. And suddenly, yeah, we're, we're going to do the Great American Bash next week against AEW, you know, Fighter Fest Night 1. And Oh, yeah, now it's a two-week event. Throwing jabs at Cody. Oh, and uh, speaking of jabs at Cody from WWE, did you hear the most recent one as well? Filed for the trademark for Cody Rhodes again. Well, not just that they filed it. He filed for it himself the day that it expired. They filed for it a month later and said that, oh, no, we just didn't get to it because of COVID. What? They said that we delayed calling for it because of COVID delays. And they got it. How shitty is that? How fucking petty is that? Ugh. Anywho, uh, so we have now this drummed up, you know, head-to-head of ba- of uh, Great American Bash. I'm going to continue saying Bash of the Beach, which is not it, but Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. Uh, let's run down the cards for night one real quick. Sure. Uh, did you get to watch uh, Great American Bash first night? The NXT. No, but I got to see uh, the uh, Fighter Fest. Okay, so the card for NXT, which I did get to watch, uh, started off with Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, uh, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, four way match for number one contendership uh, awesome. for the women's title. Not really the best Take- of matches, actually. It was for the talent in it. It was kind of clunky. Okay, like they just were not on the same page. Uh, and really, you got Tegan Knox coming out of it with a win. So Tegan is getting her. She finally got a measure of revenge on Dakota Kai, pinning her at the end, and uh, is getting her title shot uh, against Io Shirai in the near future. We haven't, as far as I know, we haven't heard when. Um, we also got a nice, a really nice little banger of a match between Tim Thatcher and Oni Larkin, which is right in my wheelhouse. That kind of nice grapple Sweet. fuck match. Um. Thatcher went over because they're actually they're they are pushing him in a singles capacity. They had him go over Riddle, um, and they had they've been airing some like I guess they're calling it Thatch's Thatch Can, basically him training a wrestling school and being just an asshole 
drill instructor. Um, mm. And if you get a chance to watch that match, go back and watch it. It's only like maybe a 10-minute match, but it is fun as shit. Those two beat the snot out of each other. Cool. Um, you had a kind of a joke match in Rhea Ripley versus Robert Stone and Aaliyah, where if Ripley lost, she had to join the Robert Stone brand. And at no point was she ever in danger. <laughs> it was straight-up comedy the entire... She tapped both of them at the same time. Like that reverse uh, for, uh, reverse cloverleaf she does. Yeah. She picked one she up in each arm. She got the same exact time. She picked one of them up in each arm and did it. <laughs> tapped both That's of them. That's incredible. Uh, for the record, Stone is actually funny as shit because he came out in full, like, rocky garb. Like the mouth guard, the goggles, the fucking robe, everything. Hilarious. Um, you had a strap match, NXT's first strap match in Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong, which uh, Loomis has been riding pretty high lately. Uh, great character work. Uh, there's a really weird thing where the Undisputed Era is almost kind of turning face in a way. Like, not Adam Cole specifically, but the Era is kind of... Sure. It's weird because they did this whole that when when they kidnapped Roddy Strong and and uh, Bobby Fish, now they're they've done these kind of comedic segments where Roderick's got PTSD from being in the in the trunk of the car and he's terrified of of Loomis and they had these like goofy segments where Kyle O'Reilly was uh, his psychiatrist and shit, so it's almost kind of a weird goofy face turn in a way, which is odd. Um. Strap match was not bad. It was kind of overlong. Like it, it really didn't need to be fifteen minutes. Sure. So it wasn't bad, but it was just kind of it was. I mean, it was a decent match, just longer than it should have been. Uh, and then you finished up with the dream match of Io Shirai and Sasha Banks, which, uh, if you know Banks's history, she's a big Joshi fan, and you know she was fucking chomping at the bit for it. And realistically, it was a fucking great match. Um. And, uh, you know, finished up with an Asuka interference and uh, not bad. Not not the greatest of finishes, but not bad. And a fun way to end the show. Um, over on Fighter Fest, which I saw as well, you started with Jurassic Express and MJF Wardlow, which I enjoyed the shit out of. It's a great match. I had fun I, watching it. I am slowly turning into a Wardlow mark. And I never thought I would hear myself say that. That dude is just fun to fucking watch. His F10. Mm-hmm. F10. I dug the way they finished the matchup with him taking like six or seven shots and still trying to get up. Yeah. Like when uh, it, he took like a kick or something like a, I think it was a PK off of uh, off of Luchasaurus and then just sat up and just yelled before he got hit again. All right. I dig it. Um, and obviously they're playing up the maybe a little bit of a rift between him and MJF, which I think if they – when they get Wardlow turning on MJF, it, I'm here for it. You know, I, I I'm I'm down for that, honestly. Sweet, same. I think it'll it'll be a great opportunity for them to really get Wardlow over at that point. Uh, he's damn near already over. My <clears throat> uh, squash match, like honestly, the match from a week back, uh, the lumberjack match between him and Luchasaurus was fun as shit too. Yeah. Um, and I'm really surprised to see that I'm liking Wardlow more than I liked Luchasaurus. I enjoyed Luchasaurus. Um, next matchup was uh, Hikaru Shida and uh, Penelope Ford, which, again, I'm legitimately surprised. Shida's a great wrestler, but I've always thought Ford was kind of green. 
That was her best showing by a mile. It was, um, there were some moments that were kind of clunky. Yeah. But it was a good outing for Penelope. For Penelope. Yeah, I I agree. Penelope, I couldn't say it. Uh, Uh, That's the best. Yeah, but Harashita is going to make anybody look like a million bucks, too. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, So. She, uh. She knocked the shit out of uh, Kip Sabian with that kendo stick, too. <laughs> Youch. Um, follow that up with Cody and Hager for the TNT title. And, you know, honestly, I'm going to say this kind of solidified it for me. I do not give a shit about Jake Hager. <laughs> I, I, it, this was the match that it finally clicked. Because I enjoy, I actually liked his work with Lucha Underground, which surprised me. And it really wasn't all that different, but this version of Hager is no different than the last version of Swagger we saw, which is just athletic as shit and a nice hoss when he needs to be, but complete charisma desert. It's his uh, doofy eth. Like I, I hate to make fun of somebody because it's not not what I'm doing. It's not the lisp. It's not because he hasn't talked enough for it to be the lisp. True, his matches, I guess that's true. Like, it's honestly, his match structure is just, he's just boring. Okay. Like, I i was sort of excited to see him go up against Moxley, and that wasn't really all that enthralling. And I, that's coming from a Moxley fan. Yeah. And I thought, well, hell, Cody, there will be shenanigans in the match, obviously, but, you know, surely Cody has some storyline, you know, way for him to be interesting again, and He'll, Cody will find a good way to make it a good story, and even the even the Cody shenanigans couldn't save it from being eh, whatever. It's Hager. He's and not going to win. Dot com goes and hits uh goes and hits ref, and you know gets fined and suspended for X amount of days, which to me just says, oh, well, he's got he's got a, he's got a Bellator fight coming up. Then whatever. Yeah. Um. Move on from that to Private Party versus Proud and Powerful, which. Uh, Kind of shocking to me to see Private Party win and get the number one contendership. Yeah, um, not shocking in the sense that I don't that I think Private Party doesn't deserve it, but honestly, shocking in the sense that Proud and Powerful really has kind of not won anything lately. No, they are on a downward spiral. Honestly, they they could use a few wins. Actually, they need a few wins somewhere. But you've got such a strong tag team division; it's they hard. Do. It is very true. Right now, you don't have to push, absolutely push Proud and Powerful. And honestly, it's really clever because if, and I think the answer is it's going to happen, not an if, but it will happen, inevitably Private Party beats Page and Omega because those guys need to get back into singles action, in my opinion. I, I would agree uh, with that, yeah. Um, there is a feud there between Page and Private Party that's still unfinished business, so they've left that... In limbo yeah. for a time. I mean, even a few weeks ago when uh, the coronavirus stuff started and they were really doing a shot at home stuff for being the elite, like the private party stuff, the first thing they did was there was this bear that got delivered to their house and they were like, is it Paige? Well, he, the thing is, though, like, they really haven't crossed over a whole lot of the being the elite shit onto Dynamite, like storyline-wise. Yes and no. It's because it, it's not really about the storyline because it's more the backstory. 
Uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, they utilize it because it really feeds into dark better, kind of. Well, I guess the reason I bring it up is that if, like, say somebody has not watched any Being the Elite, they know nothing of any kind of feud between Private Party and Hangman. Like, they've never mentioned it on Dynamite. That That's... It, is that true? Wasn't there an uh, episode of to my Dynamite where, is. like, they were at a bar... To my knowledge, or was like, that was that on being the elite? God, I, I can't, can't I'm remember. I'm pretty sure that was together. being the elite. I, I I honestly can't remember any interaction between Hangman and Private Party on Dynamite at this point. Well, I'm going to trust your memory better than I, mine. I, mean, for I sure. could be wrong. I'm not going to say I, I'm not infallible by any stretch. Um, like to me, I, I I'm with you in saying that they need to break up Hangman and and. Omega, because as fun as they are together, they need depth in the singles division at some point, and really they need to get Omega into a title picture somewhere that's not just tag team titles because he needs, he's better suited to be a singles wrestler. Um, It'd be great to have them feud out. Right, and really they've got they've got enough, they have more than enough depth in the tag team division that they don't need the two of them at the top anymore. Correct. So... And honestly, you talk about who would be a good candidate for Cody is Hangman, personally. Hangman would be great yes. for that TNT title. And well, and by comparison, so would Omega as well. Um, and really, that would give Proud and Powerful an out so you weren't always having the... The reason they lose to, you know, even if they'd, they'd beat Private Party, we don't really think that they're going to lose to the Bucks and Omega or to Hangman and Omega because we've already seen them fight. We've seen Kenny and, and Paige fight the inner circle already. So there's yep. not much more to mine from that right now. Nope. So I understand proud and powerful losing this particular feud, not fighting against Paige and, and Omega, but I think they do need, they need to split off and have some profile wins at some point here soon. Um, oh God. And get them in a match with FTR for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Amen. Well, hell, a, f- a feud with the Lucha Brothers or a feud with yes. Jurassic Express, an actual feud with somebody. Really, the, yes. only pr- the only people that the Proud and Powerful has feuded with since showing up has been the Elite. Or Moxley, technically. So, yep, um, true that. So, Night One versus Night One. Uh, having watched both of them, I've got to give it to Fighter Fest. Just because, like, where I think the best match of the whole night was Shirai and Banks. And I like me some Thatcher Lorcan, but the four-way being kind of half-kilter, the Ripley match was uh, comedy at best, and Loomis and Strong kind of overstayed its welcome, whereas all of the matches on Dynamite or Fighter Fest short of Cody and Hager was worth the time. Uh, we didn't even really touch on the Omega Page versus the Best Friends, the main event, which was a great match. So, match quality wise, I would have to give it to Fighter Fest, and overall quality wise, I'd have to give it to Fighter Fest as opposed to NXT, even though NXT had the best singles match. Okay. And and then you lead it into the night two, and it's kind of interesting. Night two is very heavily leaning towards Fighter Fest already. 
the two setups we have for uh, Great American Bash is uh, we have uh, possibly Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest. I think they're fighting. I don't know for sure. Martinez, Mer- Mercedes Martinez, supposedly in action. Uh, Brizongo and uh, Drake Maverick versus Legado del Fantasma. So, uh, Ijo, uh, Ijo, uh, not Ijo del Fantasma anymore. Uh, Santos Escobar um, and his two cronies, which are uh, oh, uh, Joaquin Wild and uh, why can't I think? I can't think of his fucking name. Other Hispanic henchmen. I hate to say that. Um, you have Swerve and Johnny Gargano, uh, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in a street fight, and then the main event is really the biggest match of the night is Adam Lee or Adam Cole and Tre- and uh, I cannot talk all of a sudden. Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Um, spoiler alert: supposedly we already know the, f- the finish of this one, um, <laughs> which is a story. Uh, what was it? Ninety. 98 Mankind, 98 yeah. Mankind. Yeah, which is but, a story in and of itself. Um, so that's the lineup for uh, Great American Bash. On the AEW side, we have Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, SCU versus uh, The Dark Order plus uh, Colt Cabana, Omega Page and Private Party for the titles, Orange Cassidy versus Jericho, The Bucks and FTR versus Lucha Brothers and uh, Butcher and the Blade, and supposedly Nyla Rose in action as well. Now, when you compare those two cards, to me, the Fighter Fest card's a little bit higher in quality across the board. Because yeah. the NXT matches are all thrown together, other than Lee and Cole, are all thrown together last week. Just, we need matches, good matches, go. Yeah. Which, to me, so speaks no to the story, fact that they hadn't no planned on... It's just a move. Well, yeah, it, it, it speaks to the fact that they obviously hadn't planned on, Bash, or on uh, Great American Bash being a two-night thing. They weren't prepared for it. So, yeah, it just became, hey, we got to throw some other matches on with Lee and Cole. Um, whereas AEW has a standard card or a standout card because they've been building to this for a few weeks. It was always planned to be night two. Like, granted, they don't have their main event of Cage and Moxley because Moxley is quarantining until next week. But the whole rest of the Another card has week. at least more than one week of build. The only, only, the only match on that list that doesn't have more than one week of build is uh, the Omega Page and Private Party. But that's been built differently because it was more tournament style. Right. Well, no, that yeah, that was built because they needed that. Well, they needed to fill time for Moxley and and Cage being off, but because they set it up last week specifically. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I'm looking forward to both. Even though I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, the 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 finish to Lee and Cole, I'm still looking what forward to watching it. What do you think about it. this rumor that they filmed both? That okay, there's some there's some precedent. Uh, back when COVID first hit, they did film multiple angles of things to try to keep things out of kilter. But I don't know. It, it feels like that was something they just threw out there to say, "Hey, no, no, it wasn't really spoiled." That's not what we're doing. I don't but know. But you know uh, everybody's going to still tune in. But the the the, re- the only reason to me to say that it is legit that they did film two and is because it's so out of 
out of left field to have the one random dude from Indus share just deciding to spoil the end of the match for no reason. Like, it's so fucking random to see a weird random guy that no one really pays any attention to. Is he really going to be that dumb? Seems like it. I mean, it's one of two things. Either it's a really bad tactic and really obvious tactic, or the guy's dumber than a bag of shit. And to me, it feels like dumber than a bag of shit. It's probably the likelier of the two, which is sad in its own way. True. Um, I'm excited for it either way. I'm excited for Johnny, for Johnny Gargano and Swerve. Uh, I'm really, really crossing my fingers that this is the, not just a one-off match and it's the start of a feud because Swerve deserves better than being Vince's blind spot on 205 Live. Um, Brizongo and Drake Maverick and the the six-way bat or the six-man tag, it's kind of a nothing match. So it's a good way to get Legato Del Fantasma a quick win. So whatever there. Um I'm happy to see Martinez in a, in action. Uh, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in a street fight should be fun. Uh, we know damn well uh, LeRae can take a bump, so we're going to see some crazy shit there. But really, it comes down to Fighter Fest has all the better storylines. Like Archer and Janela doesn't have a, bro. What's that? More investment. Right. I mean, granted, Archer and Janela doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of uh, backing yet. Did you happen to see the clip of him uh, of them fighting last week? Yeah. Where the fuck did a Where the fuck did Joey Janela get a leaf blower? A and B. Loved it. What the fuck is he gonna do with a leaf blower? <laughs> like, what was his, like? What is the thought process there? I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But Maybe that's the most. Jo- du- I don't listen. I don't always use a leaf blower, but I've known to use a leaf blower from time to time. Sometimes they can shoot dust in your eyes, bro. That shit hurts. <laughs> it just strikes me as it's the most Joey Janela thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, short of hitting him with a white claw. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. I love the teaming of uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I do, too, actually. The Jersey Boys. Or the pairing, at least. Yeah. I don't know if they're a team yet. Uh, I think they are teaming. Uh, or, uh, I should say that. They've had, like, two matches together. But uh, did you see the, the the kind of vignette they did with them? Yeah. I loved of, it. Uh, of uh, Sonny Kiss getting kind of, like, hate-crimed in the parking lot and Joey in pigtails and getting groceries and shit at the gas station coming out and having a fucking Tarantino fight. I loved it. I enjoy the shit out of that. that that's a good pairing. Um, yeah. And really, Janela's just out there enough that it works. Absolutely. Um, SCU versus Lee, uh, Brody Lee, Grayson, and Cabana. The Brody Lee Stu Grayson combo is kind of weird in its own way. Like, I mean, uh, obviously they want to have somebody from Dark Order. Uh, I don't know if Evil Uno is just not available or something, but me, me personally, I'd want it to be John Silver, but that's because I'm a fucking stand. So, um, of course, I dig the Cabana thing. Um, SCU in a three in a six man tag is probably going to be a rarity for a little while because they're pushing. Uh, Scorpio Sky is a singles competitor at the moment. So you may not see a whole lot of SCU as a trio for a while. So get your fix while you can. Um, there you go. Do you think this leads to Cabana taking uh, taking up the offer and joining the Dark Order? Ooh, I don't know, man. I, 
It would be unexpected, so yeah, and I think it's, it gives him something to do. I, I see SCU taking a loss here, honestly. Yeah, so I, I see them Clean taking a loss. And Cabana is the guy that gets the pin, or do you think Cabana's the guy that gets he he'll hit the finish and then tag Brody to get the the pin? I think it'll be the opposite. I think it'll be Brody giving him the pin again, same as he did last week on Dynamite. All right, but I, I think you won't get an answer as to whether he's joining the Dark Order. You won't get the answer on the show. It'll be afterwards. But I think okay. you do see SCU get the loss though. Um, you have Omega and Page versus Private Party. Do you split them up here? Do you have the titles go over here? Yeah, I think, I think it's so. something to talk about. It's not expected. It's not spoiled. I think it's you know, a, it's you a, don't have another major title on the line this night. They don't. I think that's the key. I think that's the it's the only title on the line unless unless uh, Cody swerves and has somebody ready, which we we don't know. Um, I mean, he did say he defended every dynamite, and technically, no. this is another well, dynamite. He, he's, he's already missed a week, so oh, he well, missed a, he me. missed last week because of or the week prior to Fighter Fest Night One because of the they ran a, the fight promo or the 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 press conference thing instead. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see him having an open challenge that night as well. We'll see. Um. I can also see him not doing it because it's still only a two-hour show and they've got a long card there already. Yeah, i got to fit a lot in. Um, Orange Cassidy and Jericho. Here uh, for it. I'm, oh, I'm absolutely here for it. And have you – did you watch Dark tonight? No, I'm podcasting with you. Uh, well, Dark started at 7, so I watched it ahead of time. And uh, – Shout out on Dark really quickly. It's been kind of weird because they've all been like squash matches of late or pretty well telegraphed endings. It's been AEW talent over local talent most of the time or indie talent most of the time. But they're featuring a lot of indie talent, which is cool. Like I said, uh, uh, Pillman Jr. got his first match tonight. Uh, But they had uh, OC in a singles match against, uh, I cannot remember for the life of me, the guy's name. Big black dude. I mean, big. Dude looked like a middle linebacker. Um, Shit. And OC squashed him. I mean, straight up one punch squashed him. Uh, Literally came to the ring, took his gear off, like his lackadaisical way, took his shirt off, and then uh, put the hands in the pockets, did the little kip-up bit, took his elbow pad off, and did the Superman punch, one, two, three, pin. (laughs) Like, he was all business. (laughs) Like... He still did the sloth thing at like coming out to the ring and getting ready. Still did the hands in the pockets for the first like maybe ten seconds of the match. But once he did the kip up, elbow pad came off, he was all business, one punch out. <laughs> he turned Damn, big dude into like a one hitter quitter. It was uh really surprising, actually, and you can kind of tell based on his facial expressions that he wasn't fucking around. So I'm kind of interested to see if they have him like try to do the sloth style against Jericho and the normal shtick, or if he's actually pissed off Orange Cassidy and Jericho's going to get his ass handed to him. Oh, God, that would be awesome. I'm here for either one. OC turns it up to a different level. I don't think there's any world where Jericho is winning this match, though, honestly. No, of course not. Especially after OC lost to Pac. But, yeah, I think Jericho's putting him over here. I don't know how, but I think fair, he's putting OC him over. OC gracefully lost to Pac. Yeah. Um, 
After that, we have the tag team like dream match of the Bucks and FTR versus Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade. And Butcher and Blade have actually been getting a little bit of a buff lately on Dark and on Dynamite to try to build them up a little bit, which is nice. But yeah. really, we're all here for... It's kind of it's kind of sucks for Butcher and the Blade because they're definitely the odd man out there. In that 14 they stole pairing. FTR's truck, though. They did. They did. But Motherfuckers. I hate to say this, and I say this with all due respect to Butcher and the Blade. They're fun, and I'm I'm glad to see them getting a slight push. They stole right now. your damn truck. I'm glad to see them getting a slight push. But is anyone tuning into this match to see Butcher and the Blade? No. Everyone is tuning nah. into this match to see the Bucks, FTR, and Lucha Brothers in the same match, and see how it explodes. Yes, everyone is tuning in for those three teams and Butcher and the Blades there to take a pin. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the end of the story. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you're probably um, right. But I'm I am beyond like that's going to be your main event opposite Keith Lee Adam Cole, title for title. That's Ooh. a hell of a counterpunch, especially considering that it was made when Moxley and Cage was off. And I'm going to be full stop honest. I'm actually a little more interested in the uh, tag match than I would have been in the title match, than the Cage Moxley yeah. match. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be a banger for sure. Well, I only say that because I don't. I think Cage Moxley needs more build, personally. And it works. It, it, they, a, the fact that they could pull a little bit of real life yeah. into it, and not oh. it be uh, like. You know, hey, we, we fired your guy, and now we're bringing him back. Right. We touched on on Taz's promo earlier because of the the sloppy shop line, but the rest of that promo was fucking great. Oh yeah. The like calling Mox a bitch for sitting at home and you know ducking him and all that. It's it's revisionist history, obviously, because we know what happened. But great fucking heel promo. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And Loved once it. again, brilliant idea of having Taz manage Cage. Brilliant fucking idea. Also, shout out to him still being on Dark as well because he's fun on commentary. Awesome. I'm glad he's still on Dark. And I've been a little bit behind in wrestling. I've been able to watch Dynamite, but that's been about it. Uh, I've been I've been taking in Dynamite and NXT as often as I can. I, I watch Dynamite live. NXT I try to catch up on as regularly as I can, like after the fact. Um, I usually watch Raw. I mean, I'm, I don't have anything going on Monday nights, Friday nights. I actually skipped SmackDown this past week. Um, I, I skipped SmackDown to play D&D with T.Y. and Linder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Personally. But um, we uh, – I, I watch a lot of wrestling here. I don't – I'm not watching as much since there's not any, any uh, indies on. And I haven't really gotten to watch any of New Japan yet, which is kind of bumming me out. But um, I, I've touched on it before that main roster WWE is just fucking difficult to watch right now. And it's not getting any easier. I didn't really. I, when I say I skipped uh, SmackDown to watch to play D and D, it's an easy it's an easy choice for me to go hang out with friends. That's an easy choice already. But I felt zero remorse. I'm like, oh man, I, I'm kind of bummed I'm missing SmackDown. No, not at all. I didn't care. And that's saying that's sad. That's really sad for me. Nah, man, that's just the state of their product, though, and that's all that needs to be said about that. I think they give a shit to they don't give a shit to care about. Like, really, the headlining the headline on SmackDown right now, other than the Swamp Fight, which I'm here for the Swamp Fight, but 
other than that, they're still for some godforsaken reason running Seamus and Jeff Hardy alcoholism angle. Uh, and it's just ugly, and I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to pay attention to it. I don't care. Um, they're having uh, oh, they have New Day and and Cesaro and Nakamura feuding for the titles, which I should be more excited about because I like all the people involved in it. However, I honestly had to sit and try to remind myself who the SmackDown tag champs were because tag wrestling is dead on WWE. It's yeah. worse on Raw, but they. <laughs> you want to know uh, real talk, real talk, really quickly. You want to know how bad the Raw tag scene has gotten? How bad has it gotten, my friend? You got to let me know because I actually do not know how they, bad they. A the only two tag teams on Raw that I can think of right now. If you put a gun to my head and told me to name off all the tag teams on Monday Night Raw, I can name the two that just finished up a feud. That is. Oh. Uh, and that that is the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. Wow. And they just finished up this long pre-taped feud of them doing this decathlon, anything you can do, I can do better, pre-taped bullshit that ended with a tag match that the Profits won, and no one came out looking better. They both came out looking worse. How you even do that? They have two legitimate tag teams left that I can think of. There may, Maybe there's somebody else, but I can't fucking think of any. AOP, but somebody's injured, right? Yeah, AOP's not a thing right now because somebody's out. Really, you have, uh, I guess, uh, Garza and Andrade, but they're kind of low-key feuding with each other. M- Murphy and Rollins? Uh, technically, it was... <laughs> it's supposed to be Murphy in theory, but really theory is also kind of getting supposedly caught up in the me- in the uh, speaking out thing. So we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, and they can't team Rollins with Murphy because Rollins has a singles match. So damn, possibly a team, but no, not really. Um, you could have Ricochet and Cedric as a tag team. They are sort of teaming together, but they've only been really seen on main event or getting squashed by Bobby Lashley. That's pretty much their their careers right now. Sad. Um, I do want to say that, just in relation to the Bobby Lashley thing, MVP is probably one of the high points on Raw as well. Uh, His managing Bobby Lashley has been great. Uh, MVP is a fucking good promo. So that's been fun at least. Um. But yeah, they managed to book both Raw or both the legitimate two uh, teams on Raw into a feud that no one came out looking better for, because they both came out looking like goofy dumbasses. Like they both came out as being comedy teams. They fought ninjas. Come on, they're still fighting ninjas in some way. Jesus. Okay. Really, our truth is fighting the ninjas, but okay. Well, I don't want to think about the ninjas. I, I it hurts my brain to think about the ninjas. Um. Yeah, uh, and going further on Raw being a mess. Yeah, I mentioned that Bailey and Sasha are great on Raw, and they're feuding with Asuka, who is great. Um, Nia Jax has disappeared, which I don't know if, why necessarily. Um, Bianca Belair is on main event. Shayna Baszler's on main event because apparently creative called them up and has nothing to do with either of them. Apparently Vince doesn't like Shayna at all. Whoa. So they called her up. 
They fed the entire Elimination Chamber pay-per-view to her. They almost had her win the Royal Rumble. And that was just a job out to Becky at Mania and then be done, apparently. Because Vince has completely soured on her. Doesn't get her at all. Yuck. It's amazing. So all that time spent on NXT is the dominant force wasted. Uh, We could do a whole show on the fact that if you get, no matter what success you have in WWE, on NXT, it doesn't matter what success you have. If Vince doesn't get you, you're done. Yep. You're dead in the water, kid. Um, Bianca Belair being in catering is a fucking crime. Legitimately is a crime. She'll end up in AEW, don't worry. Yeah. Um, no, because that would mean the Street Profits have to as well. I don't see them splitting up the couple. Remember, she's married to uh, Montez Ford. Other couples do it in that world. <laughs> there was a there was a bit of a joke yesterday of uh, when Sarah Logan announced the pregnancy. <laughs> the idea being, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> There's Montez staring at Bianca. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wrestling wrestling is a wild, wild world, my friend. I think so, bro. I think that's also probably a good place to wrap it. Is there anything else we need to add before we get out of here? Well, I'm just going to laugh at the fact that you mentioned that the best way to wrap things up is a pregnancy joke. So. <laughs> I, sorry, that's the ADHD coming out again. I just meant the irony of it. but <laughs> that's, that's perfect. No, I, I can't top that. That's That's too good of a way to end it. Amazing. All right, folks. Well, as always, you can check out Journey into Wrestling here at the Journey into Comics Network every other Wednesday. Journeyintocomics.com. Get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get all our amazing feed of awesome podcasts with just, all of our friends. I did just think and of one final thought. My last headline that I have, or the last thing I have listed on my notes here. Random thought. The ADHD thought of the night. Uh, I was listening or strolling through uh, YouTube videos earlier on uh, on WWE theme songs. You know what theme song I missed that really fucking slaps and surprisingly so? What? Steve Blackman's theme song is fucking fun. <laughs> oh, I got to go back and jam that. Uh, listen to that and tell me you don't feel like somebody uh, is going to come down and fucking blood sport you. Awesome. I so, will do that and get back to go you. Go listen ASAP. to Steve Blackman's name. <laughs> I think that's a maybe that's a better, more apropos spot to end this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 21. I've been Nate. Uh, I'm Buckles. Wear a goddamn mask. <laughs> Wear a fucking mask, you stupid motherfuckers. Don't be Kane. Wear a mask. And we will see you guys next time. Later. Later.